Today on Melanated Conversations, we amplify the voice of Danielle Desir. Danielle is the thought leader, founder, and creator of the rapidly growing platform, Women of Color Podcasters, which currently is home to over 2,500 members to date. She's also the host of the travel-based podcast and blog, The Thought Card. In today's conversation, we chat all things travel, discuss the significant event that sparked the creation of her WOC platform, and other major work surrounding podcasts. Listen in with our conversation with Danielle. Welcome to Melanated Conversations, our narrative and our perspective. Here on the podcast, we are amplifying the voices of Black women and sharing their powerful stories of transformation. I'm Tyrion. And I'm Yana. Let's start the show. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Melanated Conversations. I'm your co-host, Tarian. And I'm your co-host, Yana. We've got a special guest in the house today. Welcome, Danielle Desir. Yay! All right, you better hold that note. Hey! <laughs> We're so excited to have you today, Danielle. Thank you for joining us. Um, and we can't wait to have this conversation with you. Yes, let's get to it. Let's go ahead and hop into our rapid fire questions. Danielle, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do this. So my first question for you is, what's the most common thing that you've never done? Wow, common thing I've never done. Yeah. Ice skating. Okay, okay. Do you have a desire to go ice skating? Definitely not. Really? (laughs) I am so fearful of it. I just have like these visuals. Like, nah, you know, things slicing and, you know, dicing, you know. That is so (laughs) funny. So I've I've been ice skating a a few times, but um, that's funny that you said that because I always thought it was only in my head as well. It's like, and I can ice skate pretty decently. I'm okay. Um, But I always think I was like, man, if I fall and somebody like hard fall, somebody slides up on me with these uh, knives on their feet. Okay. (laughs) And chop something off, it's not going to be good. I always think of that in my head, like way in the back of my head. So I thought I was the only person that thought about things like being sliced and diced. So It's, it's, it's a fear. It's a problem. So I just like, you know, I just watch everyone in the sidelines and root for them for and, sure. and back away slowly. So that's what I do. Fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yana? Yeah, I'm actually trying to remember, think if I've actually ice skated before. I, I think I have, um, maybe as a young seedling, but yes, yeah. I have. Seedling. <laughs> um, um, to answer my, the question, though, for me, though, don't laugh at me, you guys, when I say this, because now I'm a laugh. <laughs> so, Terry, you know that um, I'm an ultimate foodie, and my favorite food of all time is Thai. Um, and mm-hmm. actually, I would say my top five things that I love Three of those are Asian inspired cuisine. They're, okay. They're, so for me, you would think that someone who eats Asian food at least once a week that um, I would be able to use this utensil. Oh. <laughs> I have yet to master the art of using chopsticks. And I'm so embarrassed because 
I need to know. That is a goal for me in 2020. Like, I need to know how to use chopsticks. And um, one of my good friends, she's actually Thai. I was talking to her the other day. She's going to give me my, um, they actually have chopsticks that when you teach children, like the little trainer. Oh, yeah. Trainer. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, she's going to give me some of those. Or I think you can put rubber bands around the top she of them. She told me that, too. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, yeah. it's, it's so funny because I actually just got back from China. I went to China last month. Yeah. And my skills have improved significantly. Like, really? literally, like, I've improved. So I think if you just practice and perhaps, like, not be as self-conscious about it. Sometimes, sometimes like, we, we don't know how to do something. We're like, we, we suck. And then it just kind of <laughs> perpetuates it. So, yeah. yeah, a little bit more practice. But I think I mastered it. I mastered yeah. it. I- yeah, that's a good point. I think I'm going to start just trying to incorporate it in my daily eating and everything that I do now. Just try to have a set of chopsticks and just try to eat as I go. But yes, that that's something I'm going to try to to master awesome. by the end of this. You got year. time, okay? That's a so goal. But, that's a good goal. But please, if you please. see me in the restaurant and I have my fork, please leave me alone. I'm hungry <laughs> and I just need to get to my food. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get to this food room. No judgment. No judgment. None at all. None at all. Uh, what about you, Terry? Uh, I don't really know if this is like common or or how common this is. But I mean, I hear people saying this has happened to them before, especially I guess in childhood. Um, but I've never broken a bone. I don't know if that's like. That's a common thing. I don't, Some people, I, I feel like that's a common thing, especially for for kids, I don't know. Have maybe it's not so that you common. Want to master the art of no, I don't. No, wait a minute, because I just I said something common you've never done. I'm not trying to master. Yeah, you're just trying to say that you, it just never happened. It's never happened. It's never happened. It's, it never and never will happen. Too. Never will. Exactly. Right? I, I'm praying that it's not. This does not happen. Get you know what I mean to be seventy and osteoporosis starts kicking and <laughs> everything starts cracking. Uh, but no, I've never broken a bone. I I just think that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that can be a common thing that happens for some people. Have y'all ever broken a bone? No. Okay, no. then it's maybe this. <laughs> Why I, you know, did never did ice skating. Never wanted to be near. <laughs> I wanted both feet firmly planted on the ground for me at least. That's that makes sense, Danielle, for sure. <laughs> All right, so um, I guess we have one more question. Um, is that okay, Danielle? Then we'll go yeah, let's continue. Our, um, questions for the day. So I know that you travel a lot, and we'll definitely get to that in today's show because I'm excited to hear about your um, travel escapades and how we can travel on a budget and things yeah. of that nature. I just I'm curious to know: Do you speak any additional languages? And if you do, how many languages do you speak? Yes. So I speak Haitian, Haitian Creole fluently. Come on. My family is from Haiti. Uh, so I mastered that. And Sa-ma-fe. my son. <laughs> Not boule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's actually one of the things like I started traveling at a really young age. And because of that, and I spent many, many months in Haiti every year. So I was able to learn the language, uh, which is great. Uh, Spanish, I learned it in school. Uh, a little shaky, very shaky, but uh, definitely Haitian Creole. I've mastered that. Nice, nice. Yes, and I know I asked a question, but I'm like, what dictates knowing a language? Do you like have to fully know it? Like, oh, but that's a good question. Can... What qualifies you to be able to say, <laughs> I I speak the language? <laughs> I say, if like anyone comes up to you and you understand and you can speak back confidently, 
I think you know the language. I know a lot of people, maybe they're like second, first or second generation something, mm-hmm. and they can only understand it and they can't speak it. So they're not a confident speaker. So that's for me, at least. Yeah. I could understand Haitian Creole. I could speak Haitian Creole. I could do all the good and bad things with it. Yeah. So, yes, I, I, I feel proficient, at least. Okay, all so, right. yes. I agree. And going with that definition, then for me, it would, because I was going to try to pass with French, but I don't know it enough to say that I can say I speak the language. Right, so I'm just right. going to go with just English and good old Ebonics. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes this, this new stuff that the kids were speaking, I don't know if I can qualify as no Ebonics e- anymore. Emoji. Emoji, yeah, that emoji. is a new language. That's a new language. Yes, that's, like yes. Hier- that's hieroglyphics on steroids. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> that's what you got. That's what I got. That's what you got. I, yeah, I mean, I think based off of the qualifications, since we qualify, we're trying to qualify this. I'm gonna say the same as English, Ebonics, <laughs> country, Southern. Oh, those two. <laughs> um, those all of those. Different. I was I was trying to qualify myself for Haitian Creole as well. I've been to Haiti a couple times, and tr- every every time I go somewhere, I try to like study the language a little bit before I go to try to, you know, common phrases and even some not not so common phrases. So I thought um, that I was going to say Haitian Creole and then you said it and you was like, your, your family is from Haiti. And yeah, I can only understand some, like I, I've, I've been able to have some very small conversations with people, but I, I wouldn't say I necessarily speak the language. So I'm, disqual- I'm disqualified. <laughs> But I love the language. Um, I love the people and I love the country. So, yeah. I'm trying to think, is there anything else? I was trying to think, I was trying to qualify myself. Oh. Because we were thinking like, oh, well, I was thinking German, Spanish. German, Spanish. We just yeah, definitely. Scary, took, yeah. But took, not enough to qualify. To right. Know, yeah. Know the language. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, Danielle. So my first question to you is just simply, what is your origin story? Who is Danielle Desaire? All right, so that is a lot to unpack, but I will keep two things in mind in my origin story. So travel and money have have always been the two themes that have been in my life from the very beginning. So as I mentioned before, I grew up in a Haitian family household, and we actually spent summers in Haiti every summer. So a lot of families would go out to Disney World. No, I was in Haiti every summer with my grandparents and I spent I spent them with my grandparents so for about June to September every single year so that means that I grew up traveling I grew up exploring a different country grew up learning a different language grew up you know just being on a plane um, frequently so travel has always been there I would say that along my journey I definitely did not appreciate travel because I felt by the time I was in high school I was going to the only place was I was going was back home every single year. So it kind of got played out. And when you're in high school, you have your friends, you maybe have some love interests. So I felt like travel was taking me away from the things, my life here in the States. So that's number one. Number two, I would also say that finances has always been a really big part of my life as well, because I grew up in a family of savers and my family talked about money readily. When I say family, I would say my mom, my grandma, not. So my was more so like save money, you know, she knew how to take a dollar and stretch it around the block. But my mom really made sure that I understood the value of a dollar, understood mm. where money came from, understood the mechanism of spending and saving. 
So money was talked about all the time. I remember as a young kid, I picked up one of my mom's bills and it was a student loan bill. And I was like, mom, there's so many zeros. Like, you know, and I was having a conversation with her. So that's the framework of my origin story. Now, uh, fast forward to, again, high school, I kind of just didn't really appreciate travel. I decided to just get a job at the movie theaters instead. But at 15, I was like, okay, you know what? You're getting more responsible. I think it's time for you to open up your own retirement account. So I opened up a traditional Roth IRA at the age of 15. When I got my first job, I saved money and I was so proud because back then I we had like Wachovia back then and they had like really yeah. good CD rates. Yeah. <laughs> they had like the best CD rates. I started with, you know, learning about CDs and seeing how my money was growing. And I put it into a retirement account and I, you know, just started investing that way. So that's, that was really a great start. Now, by the time I got to college, you know, college, everyone is talking about spring break and going on trips. And here I want to travel, but I can't afford it. Like I was, I was going to school in New York city. I just could not afford, you know, doing things on the weekend as well as planning a big trip to Cancun or somewhere. So I started to feel FOMO deep in that experience with wanting to study abroad and study abroad was an opportunity that I, I could have had, but when I realized that my financial aid wasn't going to cover it, it crushed me. Mm-hmm. So I went over to my mom and I said, mom, I would love to study abroad. You know, I knew I didn't, I didn't appreciate travel before, but I'm ready to go to Paris for the summer. And it was very expensive. My mom said, you know what? Let's do it. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. But at the time we were in the recession mm-hmm. and my mom was losing her primary residence, our home. And I just could not bear to spend a summer gallivanting in Paris while my mom is in the process of getting evicted from a home that she bought with her blood, sweat, and tears. But, you know, in the midst of that, I made a commitment to myself that I said, you know, I do not want to have FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. I am going to get a job after school. I am going to save my money and I'm going to go and travel. I'm going to go to Paris because Paris was my number one, especially being from a Haitian background. It's like, you know, French culture is, is a big part, a uh, big part of Haitian culture as yeah. well, the language. So I was like, okay, I really want to go to Paris. So I made that commitment to myself. And by the time I uh, graduated grad school, I got my first job. I saved for over a year, very small, sorry, very small, like $25 every pay period because, you know, I was I was just coming up in the world. Um, at, at the end of that, I was able to book my first solo trip to Paris. And that was a big accomplishment. I mean, it was very scary for my family to see me going to another country, not knowing the language really well, you know, and uh once I got there, I realized, you know what, I want to continue doing this. And that's really how travel and money have has always played a big part in my life. So I, I know what it's like to want to travel, but not have the funds to. I know what it's like to not appreciate travel or money. Um, and uh, that's really why I have become the financially savvy travel that I am today. So that's my origin story. Nice. Yes, nice. And <laughs> I know you, you've written a lot about your travel excursions and how you've been able to fund them as well as, you know, do it like on a budget as well as, you know, pay them, um, keep debt low. So I'm here. I, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about your kind of personal brand around the thought card. I know you, I think it started out 
correct me if I'm wrong, as a blog and you journaling your experience. And then this is now your your podcast. So can you share a little bit about the thought card and also to add to that, what sparked you to actually want to change from um, doing from a blog to having a full-fledged podcast? Yes. So I wanted to start a podcast. So the theme for me is like, I always want to start something and it takes me years to do <laughs> to like muster up the courage to actually get it done. But I wanted to start a blog for so long, but there was one limiting belief that was holding me back. For me, I grew up thinking that I am an analytical person. So I'm numbers driven. I mean, my family is a family of accountants. My mom's an accountant. My dad's an accountant. So numbers was easy to me. Mm -hmm. But like creativity, writing eh, was a little shaky, I I thought, in the beginning. So I kind of put it off. But after that first trip to Paris, I was posting on social media. I'm like, I want to share more. I want to share more deeper, um, like how I did it, my experiences. So eventually I did a little bit of research and I started a blog and I called it the thought card, which still sticks today, which is great. And in the beginning, it was a lifestyle blog. So kind of like my random thoughts and musings and just all over the place that followed me on a couple of trips I was having early in 2015. But one of the things that I started writing about was about my student loan journey and how I was overburdened by having $63,000 of student loan debt and how I wanted to travel and I wanted to do other things with my money. Um, And people started to actually relate to that because no one in my inner circles or people who I knew were talking about their student loan debt. And it's so funny because even today, not a lot of my friends talk about it, Like I know they have it, but they don't really talk about it that much. So I was like sharing my strategies and the things I've learned about it. And, you know, the things I've been listening to, I was listening to podcasts at the time. So I said to myself, you know what, let me just focus on the things that I really want to talk about, which is travel how I'm traveling, how I'm doing things and money Mm -hmm. and my student loan journey. So that's, that's the beginning of the blog. And the blog is a real reflection of me and the things that I am accomplishing and working towards. So although I started off with student loans and now that I'm at free with that, I'm talking more about building wealth, investing and being a homeowner since I purchased a home a couple of years ago. So it really just shares my journey. And my hope is that by by reading my content and seeing what I'm doing, that people will feel empowered to make more informed financial decisions and that they can go off and do it better than me, faster than me. Um, I think that a lot of people, they suffer in silence and they don't talk about the things that keep them up at night or the challenges that they're facing. And finance is a big is a big one of them. So I just pull back the curtain and I just share what I'm up to. Now, uh, going back to 2016, so like not too far after having a blog, I started listening to a podcast about personal finance and I loved, I loved her show so much and I felt like she was relatable. I feel like I knew her and I still listen to her show now. Um, And I said to myself, I want to start a podcast. I think I want to do this. But for some reason, I just felt like I couldn't do it by myself. I couldn't do it alone. So I hit up one of my good, good... It's really hard. It's really hard. So I hit up a really good friend of mine who was also a travel blogger. And I was like, hey, let's do a podcast. And he was excited. He was enthusiastic, but he didn't have like that. Like He wasn't ready to go now. You know, mm-hmm. 
wasn't ready to go. And I just felt like, gosh, I can't do it by myself. So interestingly enough, uh, Spotify had a Sound Up Bootcamp opportunity where they were looking for newbie women of color podcasters. So I thought, you know, I thought I had this in the bag. Like, I'm a woman of color. Who who actually puts calls out for women of color? You know, that you don't really see opportunities out there like that, specifically for women of color. Yeah. So I was really unique. So I was like, okay, I got that. And then I was like, I have a podcast idea. I got that. So I actually pitched the idea of the podcast that I want to do with my friend. Not even my brand did podcast now. So I just pitched the idea. I want to do my friend because I was so committed to that. But after that fell through, I said to myself, you know what? I created the community for WC podcasters and I was in there learning about podcasting and I went to this mastermind, uh, actually like a meetup in New York City and someone came up to me and they're like, Danielle, we love you. We love what you're doing with this community, but why don't you have a podcast? Like, what are you doing? I was like, you're right. Like, what am I doing? So I just started it. Um, I started that in 2018. So a few years after starting the blog and for me, I really wanted my podcast has to be a supplement to my blog. So I don't do duplicate content. Mm-hmm. What I do do is I share things that I believe would be better if it's like a story or inspiring stories or other things that would more instantly connect with an audio audience versus the the blog. So blog, I can really go in depth in a different way, but the podcast is uh, is different. I see it as a supplement. And I also get to invite other financially savvy travelers who are doing interesting things. And I ask them questions and, you know, really deep dive into their story and get the nuggets so that we can go out there and do it better. So that's really where uh, the blog and the podcast has come to be. Nice. Yes. Um, did you have something? Um, I had a quick, um, just a follow up question on one of the, um, you mentioned there is an actual podcast that you listen to that you, and you still listen to today. I was just curious to know if you want, if you could share. Yes, absolutely. So I love the podcast. It's called Money Nerds by Whitney Hansen. And she's one of the podcasts that I listen to constantly. She really shares stories. She shares stories. She interviews people. So you get to hear different perspectives. She does a lot more sharing of her own story now, which is really great. And she inspired me. And I told her that recently. Like, actually, I was talking to her recently. And I was like, you inspired me to start my show. So thank you for the work that you do. Super cool. And it's interesting you say that because uh, Women of Color Podcasters was a big influence in us starting our show, which we'll talk a little bit about that too. So um, I'll let you ask your question real quick. Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) Well, before I ask the question, I just want to, um, we love making personal connections with people. And so um, me and my husband love to travel. Actually, was it, I think last week? Yeah, it was, it, was it was about. It was last week. Um, we had a feature in Travel Noir, an, an article for their Travel Bay, kind of unexpectedly happened. My husband's starting to share some of our travel experiences a lot more on his Instagram. And so anyway, just just wanted to make that personal connection. <laughs> it's amazing. Travel Noir is like hashtag goals. Like a lot of people have goals to uh, be featured on Travel Noir. So that's a huge accomplishment. I had no idea. They reached out to him. It's like, hey, this is happening. <laughs> and so, yeah, that just kind of happened out of, out of nowhere. But um, anyway, yeah, we, we love to travel. And my husband is also a numbers guy like crazy. He travels for work anyway. But then we also obviously 
take advantage of all the prep points and save money and all those different things with traveling. And he's man, he's just now he's starting to share that out to the world. So my question, you've experienced success in a short uh, period of time with your platform of color podcasters, which was actually a result of what one would consider a minor setback, which you kind of shared a little bit about with Spotify. Can you share this to your success? With that whole thing, can you can you go a little bit more in depth as to what happened and how that culminated? Yes. So we're going back to April 2018. And that's when randomly I found through some underground blogs. I don't even know how I found this opportunity because it was not on Spotify's website or anywhere like where people could actually see it. So I found out that Spotify had this opportunity. And again, they were looking for newbie podcasters. And they were looking for podcasters who were women of color. So all you have to do is have an idea and identify as women of color. And they ask a couple of questions. And I just think, you know, life is so funny this way because the last question was like, what do you want to see in the podcasting industry? So I thought about it and I said, in the answer, I said something to the extent of, I want to see a community for women of color so that they can feel inspired, encouraged, and I can learn. And I just felt like, I honestly, I felt like, because I'm an avid podcast listener, I'm always looking and I have an iPhone. I'm always looking at Apple Podcasts, top 100. And I mean, there's nobody. Or if there is, it's like one person. And it's like the, you know, the podcast that everyone knows is on the top 100. Right. But I just felt like, okay, this is an opportunity for me. And that's why I was so confident that I was going to win. Because the, the opportunity was to fly you out to New York City. From if you were based in the U.S., they fly you to New York City and, one, and train you for a week. They put you up in this beautiful hotel and train you for a week with all these experts and then one winner would win ten thousand dollars startup costs to start their podcast i was like come on honestly how many women of color are out there i'm gonna win and uh, may 1st 2018 was a day that spotify was supposed to announce the winners so even today when i apply to opportunities i'm excited i'm excited to see like did i you know did i get it Mm -hmm. so i went on twitter because i'm a big twitter Twitter fan. I go on Twitter and I was looking for Spotify. I was like looking at hashtags, doing searches to see Spotify, Sound of Bootcamp, anything. And I mean, time started to pass. So it's like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., nothing, 9 a.m., nothing. But I see literally hundreds of women who are on Twitter talking about this one opportunity that they were applying for. So I said, you know what? Let me start organizing this together. So I said, you know, let me create a Twitter list. So I created a Twitter list. I started putting people in there and it was a great way to kind of take stock of who, who was who and what was what. But I said to myself, gosh, I can't really communicate in a community setting with these women. Like I really can't make a connection with them. I can make a one-on-one connection, Mm -hmm. but to really have these like conversation to learn more about their podcasts or, or what they think about podcasting, like it was just really hard to connect. So I think by the time, like, I think by noon or one o'clock, I like, I created a Facebook group. And it's so funny because I was asking another woman, another woman, if she wanted to create it with me. So pretty much I was asking for permission to do something again with someone because I have like this companion thing, right? Like I want to have a companion, which is very interesting. But now that I think. That's, it's so interesting to hear you say that because this is something that I actually have shared with Syrian as well because that was one of the big pieces of me wanting us to start this podcast together and through this experience I realized too that a lot I'm covering a lot of things a lot of it was companion issues you wanting to have 
feel validated or have someone do go along the journey with you. So hearing this from someone else is very interesting. Um, but yes, go ahead and continue. I just wanted to just kind of <laughs> shed like that. I identify with you in that. And that it's a real serious thing. And probably something too that keeps a lot of us, holds a lot of us yeah. back from starting, which is why this community that you've created is so essential. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I think I've come a long way from that person needing companionship because now I'm like, I'm out there. I'm 100% mm-hmm. out there now. But, you know, a year ago, so much, th- so many things could happen in a year. But I was asking another woman to start the Facebook group with me. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. I just like started it. I just went in there and started the Facebook group. I created, you know, I went on Canva, quickly created a cover photo. And then I called my mom because she she was like waiting to hear if I won. Like she was she was there with me. So I called her and I was like, mom, like I really feel like I'm on a cliff. I feel like I'm in front of something huge. And I started crying and I started breaking down. I was like, mom, I'm not a podcaster. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even, I've never even made a Google search. All I have is an idea. And how do I do this? Like I've been on many Facebook groups, but I've never been an admin before. And she's, you know, she said, dry your eyes, calm down. I know you feel like you're on the cliff, but you can do this. You can do this. So she gave me the encouragement that I needed. And I started inviting all the women who I saw on Twitter that day and really just snowballing and building on that momentum. So the WC podcast was really built on the momentum of the Spotify Sound of Bootcamp. Mm. It didn't take, it was like until later that day, I believe. I don't even know if it was later that day, but they didn't announce the winners until like a week or maybe a month later. Like it was a while. Oh, wow. It was a while. But in the meantime, a lot of, I mean, there were so many women who are coming into the group, but we didn't even know how many it was. But when they started announcing the winners, we found out that there were 18,000 applications and they were so overwhelmed by the response because I think it was like an intern or something who had put this opportunity out as like, you know, some random project. So it wasn't something that they really, really had committed to at the time, but there were 18,000. But by this time, the group was already booming. And the great thing is that at the time, we were all new podcasters. So we were all literally figuring it out together. Mm-hmm. I feel like the community is a lot different now because a lot of us are like more advanced now. We're all over the place. But in the beginning, a lot of us were from the South, the Spotify, Spotify Boot Camp, and it was just the beginning. We were just all starting. So that's really the origin of uh, WC Podcasters. And it was scary. It was it was really scary because I had to be I had to be the face. I had to be a community leader. I had to be a leader. It was like, it was a very confusing time because you're like, I don't know what I'm, you know, you don't know what you're doing and you're trying to open doors and make create, make connections and really make an impact. Uh, so I've learned a lot throughout this lesson. That's, that's awesome. That's super cool story to hear. And I, thank you. I, I just want to say personally, thank you for kind of stepping out on faith and being like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to create this group. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine if you had waited to see, knowing that time frame now of how long it was before they Spotify even announced their win. If you had just kind of sat on your hands, um, it had everything happened in the timing that it was supposed to happen. And I just think that's super cool. And thank you for just stepping out on faith and doing that, girl. Yes. And because you made that move, you have been able to 
like you're the spark that allowed so many other women to absolutely. move into this as well, move into the space. So yes, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. I'm about to like cry. <laughs> um, and and just to kind of piggyback off of what you were you were talking about specifically um, when we we're talking about com- community and and what Women of Color podcast has kind of created this community. How does community tie into your success as a podcaster, online and offline? It is huge and I really like I said before that I I started the community with no podcast and I was we were like two three months in so we started May and it was July when I had this meetup and people were like you need to start your own podcast what are you waiting for so literally it was the community members who pushed me to start a podcast Mm -hmm. so for me, at least, this community has been imperative to my success as a, as my own personal brand because having a podcast has really put my brand on a different level, has leveled up my brand, mm-hmm. but also has put me on a... I've learned so many different skills. I've learned so much uh, by having this community. I was invited um, in February 2019 to Facebook Community Summit. Like Facebook literally invited me to go because of the community that I built. So there's just so many different opportunities that have opened up by creating a space. And again, I didn't even know that we needed this. It's interesting because I knew we needed the space because in that Spotify application I had written that, I said, I want to create a space or there should be. I was like, somebody should do this. Yeah. But I, was, yeah. I didn't mean me. <laughs> I didn't mean me. But um, it's always been inside me. It's always been in there. It was just dormant. And uh, now I get to express fully. And it's it's a different feeling when... Because podcasting, a lot of this, like the information is very scattered. It's all over the place when you're trying to like just figure things out. And a lot of people who are telling you these strategies, they have huge teams, huge budgets. They're, you know, they're all, they're so high. Meanwhile, I'm just trying to podcast in my closet and make sure the sound quality, (laughs) my dog doesn't bark at me to just a normal, a normal person. But whenever I have a question, I can go into that community and have other people brainstorm with me or just say, I feel, hear you, or they have an answer or just, it's such an uplifting feeling. And and for me, at least, I never feel judged. I never go in there judging others, mm-hmm. which is different from other communities that you'll see across the web. A lot of times see people feel like they can't ask questions. They can't make connections because of who else is in the community. But I don't think... I don't think that's the case with WSC podcasters. Yes. Like Yana said, it played a huge impact on on the start of, of, our, of our podcast. So Yes. Another big piece of that actually, actually comes into my next question. Um, so in addition to all of your projects, you and a fellow, um, I believe, um, WOC podcaster founded the digital conference that you launched last year called mm-hmm. Podthon. Yes. Um, and which was absolutely a great help to yes. both Terry and I. We attended. <laughs> I actually bought it um, afterwards. So, and I still um, referenced the different sessions throughout the conference. So, yeah. yes, that was a very, very great thing that you guys did. But yeah. we know that there are a lot of podcast events and conferences that don't equally represent us from the space of presenting. Um, you not only created a lane for women of color podcasters to thrive, 
But through your digital conference, you've also created a new platform that allows people of color thought leaders to shine and share their expertise mm -hmm. in the podcasting space. So I guess my question is, what was the thought process behind creating such a pivotal and necessary event? Yes. So the good thing about having the community and one of the things that I really put a lot of emphasis on is that we need to speak on stage. Mm -hmm. We have expertise. We have value. We're in the trenches just like everybody else. And we're learning things. And, and we have resources and knowledge to share. So I'm constantly, literally being a poster woman for like, go and speak on stage. Like, I'll even help you with your application if you need help with, you know, putting your pitch together. So, but at the end of the day, after a big conference names all of their speakers, you... I at least feel as a community leader, like there's people who feel sad. They feel rejected because they didn't get the spot. You know, people who got the speaker spot are excited. People who didn't are like, they don't even say anything. You know, it's like kind of like crushed and and, and you move on with life. But me and Lee O'Hara, we were like, there were so many people who had applied to a lot of these speaking opportunities who got rejected. And we're like, people, I mean, these platforms are leaving valuable resources on the table we should be the ones picking it up we should be the ones helping people not only helping speakers and helping people really to create their speaking platforms and, and learning how to be a better speaker we can also help the podcasting community and encourage them and again peer-to-peer -peer learning is one of the key pillars of of the brand of wc so i was like okay this is on this is great and it's so funny. We had this idea and I was like, ah, it's summertime. I don't want to feel like being, you know, I don't feel like doing this in the summer. But Lee was like, listen, you you really, we should do this. We should do this. We were committed. Like we told people we we're going to start doing this. Like, let's do it. Um, it was a lot of work, but it was worth it. We were, I mean, Lee literally was able to help and mentor a lot of, a lot of the speakers to create this like beautiful polished presentation that was actionable and we had a great turnout for the first for the first year and it's it's just great to see more people of color uh on stage it could be a physical stage it could be a virtual stage but i mean we're just not we're just not gonna allow people to have all these gems and not share it with other people you know no it was a great thing and um i commend you both for like you, even like what you did with the establishment of WSC podcast, just um, moving your feet and getting, you know, just I think that's kind of like my theme this year to, you know, just do it. <laughs> you know, even if you wish you didn't fail from my vantage point, no. but uh, even if you just have to fail doing it, failing forward, but just getting it done and you don't know the impact on the other side and who yeah. you're reaching and who's waiting for that moment that you're trying to create. So, yeah. I mean, literally, Yana and I were literally in the trenches, like, okay, if we're going to do this, like we were, I mean, we yeah. were like in the trenches trying to get this thing off the ground mm -hmm. when she was like, hey, this pawthon thing, you know, let's do this. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, we doing it. We, we going to these sessions. Clear your Saturday and Yeah, Sunday. she should. <laughs> like, I mean, it was intense. It was an intense weekend. But it but, was perfect. Uh, it was the right jumped. timing for us. It was the perfect timing yes, for right. us. So I'm glad you didn't say... Like I'm back out, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad y'all didn't back out um, because it was literally 
on time. It was perfect timing. We appreciate and the, it. And the other thing I wanted to say is that I also find myself thinking about like, oh my gosh, like in my mind, a lot of times it feels like it's going to take a long time. It's a lot of work, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, when you actually complete the task, you're like, all it took was an hour. All it took was X amount of time. It wasn't that bad. So in 2020, I'm really trying to talk myself out of the laziness or limiting beliefs or fear or whatever, the ugly things that come up when I need to get stuff done. And, and a lot of times I'm just surprised about how little it takes to mm-hmm. take you from step, you know, step A to step B. So it's very encouraging. Um, so clearly you do a lot of things. You've got the the platform of, you've got your personal brand and podcast. You're hosting a yearly conference. Um, you hold down a full-time career and you travel the globe. Girl, how do you balance it all? We want to know how, how do you balance it all? (laughs) Okay. So I would say what I try to do is I have a very small list of things that I want to do every day. So I don't make it overwhelming. Usually three to four things that I want to get done today. And then what I try to do on the weekends or when I have some spare time, I think about, okay, what are the things I want to do this entire week? In terms of a global view, what are things I need to get done in an entire week? So I start off with the basics. I have it on my phone. And every day after I'm done doing something, I put a check mark next to it and it feels really good. And at the end of the week, I can see that I've done a number of things. So that's number one. Number two, I listen to DL Sharon. She's the host of, or Sharon, I believe, DL Sharon, the host of School of Ambition podcast. And she talks about one thing and she has a full-time job as well. But she says that What she tries to do is accomplish one task in the morning on the weekdays and then one task in the evening on the weekdays. So by the time she's done with the week, Monday through Friday, she has 10 things done. Hmm. And she like, and I was like, oh, you know what? That is amazing. That is, that is like it's simple to understand. So that's something that I also I do more than one thing, but I, I think about it a lot. Like that would be ideal. Do one thing in the morning. I mean, one big thing, one big thing that's really moving the needle and then one thing in the afternoon. And then the amazing thing about her and her brand is that she doesn't work on the weekends. So she does 10 things in the week and she really, really goes after it during the week. And on the weekend, she's there with her family, with her friends. She's rejuvenated so she could be ready to do it all again. So that's like something that I think about. Yeah, it's like something I think about all the time is that. But I've also been looking at systems and how can I make things, how can I make things easier? Because I'm the type of person where I'll have so many different ideas in my mind and I just need to release myself of them. So I need to put them on paper somewhere, but then unfortunately my piece of paper kind of ends up getting eaten by my dog or something. So, (laughs) So all my ideas are like gone, right? So what I've been doing now is I've been putting tasks on Trello so Trello is a free platform and you could literally do step by step. You can add checklists. There's so many things that you can do to organize yourself. And because I have so many moving parts, it's really great to sit down and just compartmentalize what I need to do for one particular project and get it done. Another thing that I do, especially for the Facebook community, is I make sure to schedule out as much content as possible. So I sit down for an hour or two and I schedule out all of the posts that need to go out as much as possible. 
because then that frees me up for the month. And also it makes me, it makes my community feel that I'm always there, but not necessarily because it's all scheduled, you know? (laughs) So that's a great way for me to keep my sanity, but be very present in my community. And because everything is all scheduled, all I have to do is get the notification for comments or people are engaging with me. So I'm not posting and engaging. I can just schedule out the post and then engage at a future date. So those are the things that I'm always thinking about and have helped me to really manage all the things that I'm working on right now. Awesome. That's cool. I I have one. It's a side question. Just curious. Do you plan out your trips like for the year? Do you know where you're going to go out throughout the year? Like, starting in January, you know what you're, where you're going this year, or is it just like, oh, this trip is coming up or like, oh, I'd like to go here. I think I'll go. So yes. Yeah. So I would say yes and no. So January, I already have trips planned up for half the year. So I already know where I'm going up until May. So that's a good thing. And I'm actually already thinking about 2021. What do I want my January, you know, December, January, November, December to look like. So I'm always looking ahead but uh in terms of booking flights and stuff it's usually six months in advance so i'm heading to the uk in january i'm heading to madrid in may i have a couple of smaller trips so i'm already booked halfway through the year um and everything else has to kind of work within that and then now i'm looking at okay later 20 2020 and early 2021 at this point cool cool bits now i have a side question before i get to the question (laughs) You're talking to people who love to travel, so we can talk travel yeah. too. Um, how many trips have you taken so far? Uh, do you have like a count? Oh, yes. I'm a big country counter. <laughs> I think it's really important to just... Yes. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah, it's good. And it's good. Yeah. So I've been to 27 countries. The most recent one was China. I did a 10-day trip to China. I've been to four continents. And a lot of these trips have been within the last, uh, let's say, five years. So it's really after I graduated from grad schools when I've, I've been really putting putting in the work and seeing the world yeah. uh, because of, again, affordability and just having more access and, and learning about how to uh, be a more financially savvy traveler. And you're doing this all under the age of 30? Yeah, next year I'll be, yeah. Well, actually yes. this year, this year I'll be 30. Yes. Oh, so all right. What are you doing for the 30? 30, yeah. yeah. I haven't thought about it. Oh, I don't so know. You, you plan trips for for twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, <laughs> I just passed my birthday. I have a big appetite. I, I, as you can tell, I have a big appetite for travel. So I'm already thinking, like, okay, where can we go for two, three weeks? In December, buddy. I'm more focused on the big picture stuff. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Okay, I have another side question. Now I'm not really going to get to my question after this. <laughs> um. I know you've written a guide on your travel on, um, you have a whole travel guide on Iceland. Um, you want to share a little about that? And, and is Iceland, would you say, is that one of your favorite places to go? Yes, Iceland is top top three. So it's number one on the list, uh, followed by Bermuda, followed by China, which is very surprising. Cause, uh, I had thoughts on China, but all those thoughts went away when I actually got there. So that was really cool. But wow. yes, my Iceland travel guide is called Iceland Nature, Nurture, and Adventure. It's available on Amazon, paperback, and Kindle. And the premise of that is that I visited Iceland three times, two times solo, and one time with my best friend. And it's one of my my, my favorite countries. I grew up in the Bronx in New York City, so concrete jungle. When you but when you go to Iceland, it's nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, waterfalls and glaciers. 
and lagoons and volcanoes and lava caves and all of these things that it's amazing how only seven hours away from your home is so different. Mm. And I remember when I walked over, uh, walked on a glacier for the first time, I really started to cry. I was breaking down. I was like, girls from the Bronx don't do these things. You know, like it's, I just never thought that I would be able to do the things that I've done. And for me, Iceland has three things that I, I adore about it. The nature, again, just being out there. Um, and it's not even like you have to drive so far. It's the way Iceland is situated, like the main city of Reykjavik is, is here. And then you drive an hour and you're already out there in nature. So that's really great. The people also, that's where the nurture comes in. The people are so warm so inviting they're very curious to know more about you and where you come from and how you perceive the country and adventure i have been able to do so many things in iceland they have the tectonic plates so they the pretty much europe and uh, eurasian plates and north american continental plates are shifting apart and i was able to snorkel in between like these crystal clear waters go horseback riding go lava tubing all on a budget. So all these amazing adventures. Uh, So I said, you know what, let me just package this all together in a guide. I really also wanted it to include tips for uh, Black women, for traveling Black women, because I feel like people don't really write books to talk to us directly, you know? Um, So I do share uh, some tips for the traveling Black women, but honestly, anyone could pick up the guide and just plan your trip and hopefully want to go. Love it. Exciting. Listen, now I'm like, Iceland? Yes. Put it on the list. But it's on the list. What's the name? On the list. It's on my list. It's on my list, too. (laughs) What's the name of your guide again? Iceland Nature, Nurture, and Adventure. You hear that, guys? Iceland Nature. We're all going to be Iceland. Are you ready for us? Come on. We're coming. We're We're all coming. We're coming for you. We're all coming for you. (laughs) Thanks to Danielle. She knows you well. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I see what you did there. Come on, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my real question, um, which all of that is real because I'm really interested in traveling. And Iceland has always been on our list, especially seeing goo up in the goo. Goo up in the goo. No, the BS is gorgeous. (laughs) I've actually never done that. So it's on my list of things to do. And you've been to Iceland how many times? Three times, three wow. times. Like, so it's so much get the goo. No, I'm just saying, unless you know, it's so, it's so much, much to do, do there. Yeah. So. so much to do, so much. Okay, well, thank you for that yeah. tidbit of information. For sure. We have, you know, <laughs> we got it tucked away. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what has support looked like throughout this journey as an entrepreneur? And is there any additional support that you would like to receive going forward? <sighs> support. It's interesting because I think for, in terms of WC podcasters, are you saying word perfect? of my personal brand either or both i'll I'll let you choose i'll pick which one yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i think for wc podcasters as a leader community leader what you'll find is that uh, there's going to be a lot of things shooting for your attention and there's a lot of opportunities and directions that you can go with your community uh but for me 
especially now because the platform is already built. I'm really following what I'm passionate about, um, which is growing the platform of the blog, because I feel like it's very, I, I, I also not only want to have a place to us to talk and be in community with each other, but we need to be able to document all the things that we're talking about, all the gems that are being dropped and, and we could share with each other, but also with the world, people who don't even know that we exist or that we have, you know, ideas. So really growing the platform um, is one of the things and we're always looking for blog contributors. So someone who has an idea uh, who can actually talk to and cater to the podcasting community at large. So blog contributions are really big for us right now. And uh, just more so sharing what uh, the community needs uh, or what they're looking for, or, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll see something, but I'm not really sure. Like, is that, is that really what the community needs? Is that what we should be allocating our resources to? But in the meantime, while I'm trying to figure it all out, I am moving forward with, with a couple of things that I'm passionate about and the things that I've learned. Uh, Cause I, I realized that when you're um, growing a platform and you're also helping and mentoring people, a lot of times you, again, you need that like step-by-step framework. So I'm figuring out what my framework is and then how to package that. So a lot of ideas, but also just being true to myself and passionate and hoping that the blog will continue to grow in 2020 and beyond. Cool. Okay. So my next question, which I honestly feel like I probably know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it. As an entrepreneur, we, we have to be intentional about taking care. So how do you relax? I would yes. say travel, but I think there, I, there's got to be other things, right? Besides travel. Yeah, because like I travel a lot, but I'm not, I'm not like traveling 100% of the time. Right. <laughs> and on a week to week basis, you need some downtime. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I really enjoy doing is running. So I'm a big fan of running. I just really enjoy actually running outside. So making sure that running is part of my practice. Also, when I'm like in the book writing mood, I realize that being sweaty is a really good thing uh, for me. And, and as a creative, being sweaty is a good thing. So I'm like, okay, really going after things that I, I know that makes me feel good. So running is a big thing. I also do spin class. So spinning on every single week. I try not to miss it at lunch. So I do that, keep my um, active and just really just taking the time, like literally downtime to do nothing. Mm-hmm. As a creative, I'm constantly, there's, I mean, the to-do list is a mile high mm-hmm. and I was only going to take 10 minutes for me to just add this sales page onto the website, you know, like, no. So I make sure that uh, I take some time to rest. I actually try to commit to a, a show so that every couple days I have something to actually like I need to keep on watching the episodes and stuff so it's actually a good thing I know a lot lot of people have you know they throw shade at Netflix but I think Netflix is a good it it could be a good thing especially for the busy entrepreneur who just needs a distraction I just need to not think about the things I want to do or the projects or how can we make the next move so that really helps with me Nice. I like all those things. Well, yes. except for the spin class. I've done one spin class. And I did not lie. Um, but I, I, I enjoy you like get that special, the shorts, the no, padded shorts. I don't care what kind of shorts, pad, <laughs> nothing. I don't really like it. She's like, nope, 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 nope. Now, I'll, and my husband is more of a runner. I'll run every once in a while, but I am a bit like I do like to work out. So I agree with you. On, I feel a lot better when I do work out. The, the endorphins kick in and I feel good. Spin class. No. <laughs> Not quite, not, not quite. quite. Not quite. I don't do a spin class before I run. I'm just really? 
because I have flat feet. They ache really bad after certain, certain, for certain, yes, I, um, I don't know. I just had this love-hate relationship. But me and you both have the flat um, feet I know, situation. I, I, just, I just try to throw an excuse I out know, there. I was like, that flat foot thing ain't going to work with me. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, Danielle, or is there a marathon or something in the future? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, like my goal for this winter is to run 14 miles in one sitting by Ooh, the end. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, like that. it's going to distance there. Right? I'll definitely, but I don't actually have anything in, in the books. For me, it's about, because uh, I did this a couple of years ago. I, I was able to run 13 miles, but it wasn't sustainable. Okay. So I ran it one time and then I just like, I stopped running after that. So now I'm slowly working my way up to 14. So I just got up to six and a half last week. That's so now I'm pushing it to seven this week. And, well, go ahead. Yeah, just so tomorrow I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to it. Like just being out in the fresh air. It's cold, yes, but because I live in the Northeast, but just being sweaty is really really good. I can come back with clear, just a clear mind of what I want to do. And uh, I'm also like a big, I'm really big into podcasts. Yeah. And sometimes when you're listening to a podcast, you just get inspired. You're like, you know, what? I'm yes. gonna start. I'm gonna create this. So just just being infused in like knowledge and learning, but also making sure that I have time to just shut off, shut my brain off, um, is really good. It keeps it in balance. Yeah, I have it. I'm with you on the podcast. They have podcasting has definitely been a big key. I think also like for me and unlocking a lot of my creative. So mm-hmm. which why it kind of like how it evolved over time and wanting to um, create one. So this has been such a great conversation, Danielle. We can talk all day with me. I know we have other questions that we would love to ask, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to hold you hostage on our show. But no, just a few questions to kind of wrap up our conversation. So we always like to ask our guests on the show one question for the year. You know, last year, 2019, it was more about if you could pick a theme song. I mean, one song, what would be your theme song for the year? For 2020, we want to ask, like, what is your power word for 2020 and why? Yes. So last year, my power word was committed. So I was very committed to seeing things to the end. And I feel like I accomplished that. This year, my word is explore. So explore my creativity, explore the world, try different things, fall on my face, like just being open to see what opportunities will arise. And I'm hoping that through exploring, I'll have a lot of fun along the way. So first power word is explore, and then hopefully fun is is, is a subheading underneath that. I like oh, I that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I like that because it leaves room for you. Like you said, even when you're exploring, I just think about it, it makes me think of like a, a child mm-hmm. when they're learning and they're exploring mm-hmm. and, you know, things will come of, of their exploration. But in, even in their exploration, you know, you may take some tumbles here and there and you, you might get hurt here and there, but you learn from that and you grow and you get better mm-hmm. and you proceed to the next thing. So I think I like that. I, that explore that's, that's good yeah, that's powerful yeah that's good. okay um danielle are there any new projects in store for- yes there are lots of new ideas and projects my biggest project that's coming up really soon is that i wrote another book and this book is called affording travel and it really shares the strategies for saving for travel but not only like saving for one trip because that's that doesn't serve financially savvy travelers. Like what we're looking for is really to have travel become a part of our lifestyle 
and how to afford doing that. So affording travel is all about the saving strategies that I've used to make travel an important part of my life. So I'm detailing step by step. So that's coming out in April and it's available for pre-order now on Amazon. So I'm really excited about that. That's a big project coming up. And in terms of WOC podcasters, I actually, I haven't shared this with the community yet. So I'm literally working on it now. But uh, I'm going to be launching a few masterclasses in 2020. And it's really sharing the frameworks of, of the pocket of things that I found to be super successful as a podcaster. So my first workshop or masterclass coming up is going to be going on tour. So how to, D, how to DIY your own podcast tour. That's coming up uh, soon. And just offering more master masterclass that really deep dive and go step by step uh, the process that I've seen that have worked. And uh, I'm hoping for more books for my personal brand, um, launching a YouTube channel. So I'm diving into the world of video. So yeah. it's going to be a lot. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot. Yes. So we got some exclusive yes. info over here. Nice. I know, exclusive tea. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. All right, before we leave today, Danielle, can you tell our listeners how they can connect with you and learn more about all the good things that you have going on, how to get connected with WC Podcasters, listen to your podcast, mm-hmm. anything that you like to share? Absolutely. So you can head over to our podcasting website. So it's wcpodcasters.co. We have over 40 articles, all by women of color who share their podcasting resources, tips, inspiration. So it's just a great wealth of resources there. I also encourage you to sign up and become a member of our Facebook group. You could head over to Facebook and type in the search bar WC Podcasters, and there's just a wealth of resources. We have about 2,500 women at this point today, so it's just growing every single day. So it's very, very exciting. And in terms of my own personal brand, all about affordable travel and money, you can head over to thoughtcard.com. That's my website, my blog. And I talk about like homeownership and investing. And I even share how much my trips cost, all the trips that I've been on, how much they cost. So that's really exciting there. And then I have my podcast, which is called The Thought Card. all about affordable travel, paying off debt, building wealth. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, my new book, Affording Travel, is coming out. And it's out now. So you get available for pre-order on Amazon, Affording Travel. Right. So if you're listening, there's a little something for everyone. And she's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one is left behind. No one is left behind. No one is left behind. Thank you so much, Danielle. This has been such a joy to, to actually connect and talk with you. Yeah. We've been we've been a part of the community since probably about August mm-hmm. of 2019. Yeah. And um, just to actually get to hear your story um, and its fullness from you mm-hmm. and learn a little bit more. It's a great conversation to have. So thank you for saying yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. And I, I even uncovered some things about myself. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's new. So thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. and you're always welcome back. We need some more covering to do. We're That's here right. for you. That's right. <laughs> here for That's right. No, but thanks again. Um, and again, thank you for allowing us to amplify yet another beautiful black voice. Yes. Um, they our whole premise is to amplify the black women, mm-hmm. share their powerful stories of tradition, 
share our lessons and celebrate our successes. And today, I think something else. No, just covered everything. Thank you. Sherry. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so a pleasure. Nice Thank to, you to meet. But you guys hit hit her um, up on all the the information that she's mentioned, and of course, until next time, melanate on that. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed our chat today. Keep the conversation going by heading to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leaving us a review. Have a story of your own to share? Email us at info at melanatedconversations.com or connect with us on social media at Melanated Conversations. Till next time, keep raising your voice. voice.